can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. All right, Celtics fans, we are back to another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. I'm your host, Guy DiPosito. We are joined by a friend of the pod, Justin Doyle. Justin, welcome back, my man. Hey, appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. All right, going get to today's, get, get today's podcast started, same as usual. Celtics coming off of a huge win against the Clippers, 117-112. To push ourselves over 500 once again. Uh, so we're going to start today's podcast off player of the game. Dive into some of the positives. Uh, and then save the, the back half or some of the negatives here. So Justin, I'm going to kick it over to you uh, for player of the game. Yeah, so start off probably give honorable mention uh, to Peyton Pritchard for you know his contribution off the bench. I think he was huge. But you know, going for player of the game, got to go with Kemba Walker for just the consistent play. I think throughout the game, he was uh, someone they could rely on throughout, you know, throughout the entirety, and we certainly needed that tonight. Yeah, Kemba balled out tonight. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to say it. I'm, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you first. Is Kemba back in your uh, eyes? I, I'm going to say he's back, and I think I'm one of the most critical people of Kemba. Especially starting the season, maybe even go back to the going back to the bubble in the playoffs. But uh, I mean, night in and night out now, it's it's just you feel like he's you feel like he's got to be back at this point. You know, it's he's got his lift, his shots falling. The guy looks the, good. He looks the, good. The way that he's coming off the pick and roll just to get back to hitting those mid range jumpers is is huge. We need that. Yeah. Yeah, so I am. I'm super happy uh, for Kemba. End of the night, 25 points, six assists, uh, four rebounds, and another game where he had only one turnover. So this, to me, this is you know the Kemba that everyone keeps asking for. You know, he came back. He was scoring. People are still giving him shit for not being a, an assist man. You know, he started putting up assists. And then the shooting stats weren't there. He wasn't shooting 50%. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and everything is just together now. You know, shot 6 of 12 from 3. Uh, overall, just had an unbelievable night. I just felt like it was pull-up after pull-up after pull-up uh, off of screens. And you're right, off the, the pick and rolls, he just, it was a different Kemba. He looked fantastic tonight. So yeah, I, I definitely like your pick, and that's probably where I would have went. Uh, but for sake of you know mixing things up, I'm giving my player of the game to the king of the alley oop, and that is <laughs> Mister Time Lord Robert Williams. Uh, this guy just every game, every game just puts on a show. And tonight, you saw him, he had a, a couple of crazy alley-oops. A couple of crazy alley-oops. That finish that he had off of the the Pritchard toss was just ridiculous. Again, similar to last game, he cocked it back almost like six feet and somehow got it in. The guy is just like an anomaly. It's nuts. It's crazy. Yeah, and then... Even, uh, I thought he was huge in terms of spurring like what led to a, a very strong fourth quarter. Uh, yeah. And, and 
I, I still there was one play I think uh, I'm trying to remember if it was if it was Lou Williams or somebody else, but like you thought it was going to be an easy layup, but out of nowhere you got Rob Williams coming in. I, I mean, definitely. Yeah, I, I think every other, I think just about every other big guy in the league is committing a foul there, and instead you got you know you got a block by Williams and Celtics. You know Celtics have numbers going the other way. So uh, great, I mean great pick there. He's he was huge tonight, and I think one thing you you highlighted last time was that the the minutes had gone down. It just felt like the he was able to get into a better groove tonight with the with the way that Brad utilized him. So I think that I've, you know I'll kind of get into my thoughts on some of the rotation pieces later on. But I think from a Robert Williams perspective, that that piece of the rotation was extremely strong in terms of how he was utilized tonight. Yeah. And and we will we will touch on rotations in the second half because I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I've got a lot of thoughts on that as well, uh, but I want to run through the numbers with Tom Lloyd because he just he came up clutch in a number of cases tonight. So I knew with 13 points, eight rebounds, four assists, three blocks, but he also shot five of eight from the free throw line, and. You know, he was he was the guy tonight. Obviously, Kemba played outstanding. You know, he was he was by far the best player of the game. But as far as spark goes, Time Lord was right up there. And you saw late in the game, he had two massive rebounds that really gave the Celtics another chance. So that for me is the big thing. I mean, he had he hit his free throws later in the game. Well, wow, at least he split the free throws later in the game uh, and continued to push the lead. So this for me, I mean, those two guys tonight played unbelievable basketball and really propelled us into that victory today. So overall, solid, solid game for the two of them. But do want to, uh, I do want to get your thoughts here on, you know, if you were to go outside of those two, I know you talked on Peyton Pritchard, who had an unbelievable night, who just pulled up from three 30 feet deep like 19 times it felt like um, outside of those three you know we saw a pretty good performance from Jalen Brown uh, and we saw what I thought was a really really strong showing from T- Tristan Thompson uh, so I want to hear your thoughts tonight because overall I think he just he wasn't forcing anything as far as offense goes, but he had his way against Ibaka uh, and just put up solid numbers. 13 points, 9 rebounds tonight. So what are your thoughts on him today? Yeah, he, he was the first one that came to mind, actually, when you're you know when you're talking about kind of going down the line of like who's next in line as far as strong performances. I mean, I, I thought his first half was, was outstanding. I, I think that, obviously, the – approach that they had to take in the second half and limited his minutes, which was disappointing. But you just start to feel like that disappointment that you had in in Thompson's performance early on in the season. He's another one you're starting to wonder, all right, is he finally finding his groove offensively with this team? And, you know, they mentioned on the, uh, you know, on the broadcast about how, you know, being that ambidextrous guy down low is so huge, especially when you're posting guys up and even more so for a guy that's, Guy that's a bit undersized, especially going up against uh, so, you know some of the guys that, that the Clippers have defensively. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think he he was he was everything you needed him to be in the time that he put in tonight. And you know you just hope that similar to Kemba, it's just a, a sign of things to come. And 
you know, continuing to build, you know, even better chemistry with that, with that starting group there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, overall we, we saw some solid contributions, uh, from this team, you know, if you look at the starting lineup for us, I mean, four out of our five guys all had double digits, which I feel like very rarely happens. Uh, but then you also, I mean, Daniel Tice is right there at nine, but then you also have two bench guys, both in double digits as well. So for me, like, you know, the Celtics bench put together a really solid game tonight. And Jeff Teague, again, I'm not going to say I like him, but <laughs> came in, didn't turn the ball over, and right. took two shots and made both of them. I'll take it. Those were two huge shots when we needed them too. They um, were. One of them, he had that, like, double double ball fake and then <laughs> threw two defenders off of him, basically, and hit the open three late in the game. Right, right. It's just, it's huge. This is This is an encouraging performance. So... Yeah, I mean, 38 points, you know, opposed to, I believe the bench is averaging somewhere around 29. So this is a overall solid performance. So, I mean, outside of, I guess, them, I mean, we've talked about, we've talked about Thompson, talked about Kemba, Jalen, Time Lord, Pritchard, right? Those are pretty much the guys that played good tonight. Daniel Tice did play well late in the stretch. And had a couple of big rebounds, uh, as well as hitting those two free throws that really solidified the game. But overall, not a stellar night stat-wise, right? So, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I thought he. I thought he was awfully quiet compared to what we've seen in in the recent, you know, three or four weeks, and, and what you're starting to come to expect from him. So, yeah, that's that's something that. You know, you hope that it's just, you know, maybe it was a matchup disadvantage for him or, or whatever the case may be. Again, it, it could go back. To, uh, he just wasn't able to get into a groove because Time Lord was playing for such long stretches between, you know, when he got in for the, uh, you know, the end of the first into, you know, at least midway through the second. And then obviously eating up a bulk of the minutes in the, you know, in the, in the third and the fourth. But, um, yeah, so, so I think I, it's not, a, for me, it's not a big concern when it comes to, Tice having a quiet game because I think just from a rotational perspective he was he was limited there maybe just not able to not able to get in, get into a groove a little bit um, you know the, the defense for him wasn't necessarily stellar tonight I think he he got matched up on perimeter guys that just he has no business guarding I think multiple times and that that's that's obviously going to make things not <laughs> not look as nice in the in the box score for him but yeah. But yeah, it was, it was uh, a little bit of an underwhelming performance, but not anything that I'm necessarily going to get too concerned over at this point. And, and I agree. And here's my take on it, right? Like the Celtics scored 117 points, right? There's only so many points in a game that you can have. And the rest of the team, you know, came and performed. You know, that's that's pretty much the way it works. My issue with tonight, and we'll talk on that in the, the back half here, uh, was the defense. But if you look, you know, as far as, like, team stats goes, the thing that I'm most happy about is the assist numbers. And 25 just kind of seems to be that magic number for the Celtics. When we have 25 assists, we win. Not every game, but pretty much every game. 
And we ended tonight with 25. And it, it looked good for the majority of the game. You know, we had 13 assists on the first 25 makes in the first half. Uh, ended with 25 of our 42 in the in the total game. So that, to me, is the you know the big stat of the night. Right. Yeah. I, I was I was going to point to that or to the turnovers because I think the last time I was on, we were talking about how turnovers are just becoming such a a, a, a stat that kept growing. Unfortunately for for the Celtics team and. Not only was it that they only had eight on the night, but they only had two in the second half. I, I think without taking care of the ball as well as they did in the second half, we're probably having a different conversation about the outcome of this game. So, yep. yeah, the, the assists were definitely huge. But, you know, um, would you speak at 12 assists in the second half? I mean, 12 assists and you're looking at two turnovers. That's you got a couple of good ratios that, that you're working off of right there. So, for sure. Um, yeah, it's it's just over, you know, and they say you know one one of the two turnovers was I believe was Tatum's uh, you know Tatum's offensive foul. So <laughs> he had not, two turnovers. Yeah, and, and we'll definitely talk on that the at the second half here. But he had two turnovers in the end of the like the last ninety seconds, almost yeah, killed us. Yeah. But, yeah. So yeah, we went <laughs> near, nearly went the entire half without turning the ball over, and then our. Uh, are starting all star turns it over twice, you know, in the last ninety seconds. So I don't want to see that. But you know, looking at it from a team perspective, two turnovers in the second half, eight turnovers for the game. You need that consistently, just because night in and night out, it seems like the Celtics team is going against teams that have elite ball scorers, guys that can get out, run in transition. So you got to be able to take care of the ball if if you're not going to be able to play good transition defense when it comes down to it, and you're going to play you know circus D when you're when you even when you do get back in transition, so yeah, I think uh, I I like going to the assist number, but even more so, I like I like highlighting the turnovers and the lack or lack thereof. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, overall, offensively, this was a, a fantastic game for the Celtics. Uh, shot forty eight percent overall, or forty nine percent overall, fifty uh, percent from three. Uh, we got to the line a good amount, seventeen of twenty three, compared to their eight of nine. Uh, you know, overall, it's just a it's a good game for the Celtics team offensively. Defensively is a different story, and that's where I'm going to transition over into the second half. Uh, before we do so, going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. All right, guys, time for a new favorite sponsor alert: Venture Greens Nutrition. Venture Greens Nutrition is changing the nutrition game forever. They offer one-on-one coaching where they build macro-based diets to get you moving in the right direction. As great as the coaching is, what I love most about Venture Green Nutrition is their line of CBD products. They have tinctures, salves, beard care, and gear. And the best part is, all Venture Green's Nutrition's products are formulated and manufactured in their own facilities in the United States. Check them out at VentureGreensNutrition.com. Use code CELTICSTAKE15, that's CELTICSTAKE15, for 15% off. You won't regret it. All right, let's take a quick second here. Shout out a new sponsor, Vidget. Vidget is the first gamified social network for sports bettors. It's 100% free to download and give sports bettors like me and you a place to talk about sports betting and compete against friends. 
Vidget has a free play sportsbook, which gives you the opportunity to win real prizes like t-shirts, Amazon gift cards, and even a PS5. They also have really cool betting league features, which kind of works like fantasy football for sports betting. Download today using the referral SeltzPod, that's C-E-L-T-S-P-O-D, and get 2,500 free coins to start betting with. All right, Celtics fans, we are back. Talk about some of the negatives of today's game. Uh, and I want to start right where we left off, defense. Uh, and Justin, I'm going to toss this over to you here because obviously the Celtics let up 112 uh, and just looked lost. I have my thoughts. I tweeted my thoughts, but I want to hear yours first and I'll kind of chime in here. What do you got? It, it just seems like for the past, you know, really all season, the, the amount of wide open shots that they're allowing is is baffling. Uh, how how professional basketball teams allow that to happen? It's it's, it's tough to it's tough to wrap your head around it. It really is. And just just once, I would love to see when they're actually trying to get back and make rotations for someone to actually make a closeout rather than trying to jump out of the gym to block a shot. I mean. The amount of times that we see guys go flying past the three-point line to try and block a shot, I, I mean, I, I'm going to venture a guess that, you know, nine out of ten times that shot's not getting blocked. And if you do, you know, it's going to get called a foul anyways, even if you do come close. So Unless it's, it's Time Lord. Unless it's Time Lord. <laughs> but, but it's just, these guys are professional basketball players that you're playing against. If you leave them open, they're going to make shots. And that's that's why you end up looking at it. It's like, all right, end of, you know, end of the set, you know, end of the first half. Excuse me, you know, let up sixty three points, too many wide open shots for a team that can shoot the ball. You got, you know, between Reggie Jackson, Lou Williams, Paul George, you, you can't leave those guys open. Yet they consistently do it night in and night out. And you just you're watching them play defense, and you have to imagine these guys are. It, it's amazing that they're still able to even do anything on offense because they've got to be tired after a tw- you know after a 24 second possession. Just just looking at how much time they're they're spending scrambling, they they're confused as to when to switch on screens, um, constantly chasing guys down, and then they're left trying to recover. And then that's why tonight you know tonight sort of be an exception to it, but for the most part. You're looking at a team that you know is ends up racking up a decent amount of fouls and losing games at the free throw line because you, you know you're left you know you're left with say a guy like Kemba Walker, Jeff T, you know having to stop a you know stop a guy that's built like Serge Ibaka and you know let him get to the line. So yeah. it's yeah, I mean it's you just I mean I I hate to say it, but you know Marcus Smart might be walking through that door eventually, but coming off an injury. I don't see that being the same Marcus Smart that we saw pre-injury. I certainly hope I'm wrong. I'd love if he proved me wrong. But the communication is, is, is what's concerning more than anything at this point. It's just leaving guys wide open like that. You can't you can't let it happen. So, so this is pretty much what I'm seeing. And it's frustrating to watch because Paul George obviously got his. Like he scored 32 points tonight, played fantastic. A lot of the Clippers offense tonight – came from double teams that just killed our rotations, right? right? We tried to double Paul George, and it didn't work. 
And instead of adjusting, we continued to do it all game long. And Paul George and this Clippers team in general is a good passing team. So what happens is we double Paul George. He passes out of that double. And then it makes it to the other side. And we have five guys trying to rotate. And they pass up one open shot just for an even better open shot. And the rotational defense, as good as it can be at times, it's almost impossible to do that for 48 minutes. Especially against good teams. I think we started to see an improvement of that in the in the fourth quarter. It's probably why it was I thought it was our best defensive quarter of the entire game. And obviously, you know, it was nice to see uh, good old playoff P come out for the fourth quarter. Where <laughs> yeah, I think he was like one of seven or something like that at the end. Yeah, it started to feel like one of seventeen, so that's always nice to see. But yeah, uh, but you start to see guys like see guys actually properly closing out, and it, you just have to wonder like. Well, listen, if, if you were doing this for the first three quarters, you wouldn't be scrambling to try and get a get a victory against a, a what ended up being a, a pretty heavily depleted team in the Clippers by the end of the game between, you know, Kawhi being out and obviously Morris going out with the, you know, going out with the concussion, unfortunately. So it's, that um, helped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, love Marcus Morris, but yeah, that uh, definitely played <laughs> in our favor tonight. So. <laughs> It, oh, it, it's it certainly did, and it's uh, yeah. It's, it, you know, I think they played twelve minutes of good defense tonight, but the, that first thirty six minutes, it, it it killed them. And yeah, again, you just you gotta you, you gotta make a decision at some point. Is 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 doubling guys? If you're not going to be able to scramble and get back and, and get to where you need to be. Is doubling really the, the right coaching approach for you? Yeah. So we obviously saw no Kawhi tonight. You mentioned Marcus Morris going down. Uh, the Clippers had guys step up. I mean, Sir. Reggie Jackson was that guy, and that guy just continues to be a thorn in my side. No matter where, what team he plays on, no matter what he's doing, just kills me. Uh, the Clippers had guys step up. So did the Celtics, and we talked about that uh, in the first half. I do want to talk about rotations because we saw tonight the Celtics limited the rotations for the most part down to nine guys, which I've been a big fan of because it gives those guys time to actually assimilate to the game and get some sort of rhythm going. I'm a little confused as to Aaron Neesmith, because for a two-week stretch, we saw him getting 20-plus minutes, playing fantastic on the defensive end, hitting the shots that he took while it hasn't been a, a huge sample size. He's been hitting those shots. And then the last two games, we haven't seen him at all. So I'm I'm curious. I heard you kind of chuckle a little bit. I don't know if that was one of the things you were going to bring up, but what what are your thoughts? I I I couldn't be more serious when I was going to say that was the first thing that came to mind when Jeff T walked into the game was what is Aaron Neesmith doing wrong or saying wrong to Brad that he's not getting any minutes anymore? You know, you, you spoke on it like he it's finally seemed like he was building up the momentum 
And you just have to wonder what the psyche of a rookie is when you feel like you're doing everything right. I, I agree with you playing fantastic defense and you're not getting, you know, you're not getting any burn whatsoever off the bench. It's, it's troublesome to watch and confusing to say the least because the first thing that I do is go on Google and see, like, is he is he hurt? You know, do they have an active, like, you know, nursing injury? Something. I, I had to assume that was the first thing because I couldn't find a reason as to why he's not in the game, especially when you know we just spent some time talking about how poor the defense is. And again, I can't I can't necessarily figure out where where he's been. You know that that could have been another huge spark plug alongside you know, Pritchard and Williams coming off the bench. Like, Semi's had some good games. I don't think that this was his best game defensively. He was, you know, he was one of the major culprits in terms of, you know, him and one other teammate getting confused on on a consistent basis regarding switches. And, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I had to chuckle because that was the first thing that came to mind for me is where, like, where is this kid? He just, I I was thoroughly impressed with him and started to shake off the rookie jitters. And now you just have, I I don't know, It, it I'd love to see him get back in, especially, and I don't want to just see him in for garbage minutes if we end up being able to hopefully build up, you know, build up a good lead against Toronto on Thursday night. But I'd love to see the kid get some get some run in before we head into the All Star break, and hopefully continue to build on what was looking to be someone that could be a key contributor off the bench. And you know, if you, you turn him into someone by by the end of the season that can maybe give you ten points and play fantastic defense every night, I don't know. I just I have to wonder. You know, I'm looking at the screen right now. You, you know, you give up 112 points in a game, and what would that number have looked like if if you had Aaron Neesmith Smith coming off and maybe maybe trying to give him give him a tough assignment and put him on Paul George for a little bit, see how he reacts to it. Like that's that's some of the stuff that you have. To, I feel like you have to do when you're trying to develop young players, and uh, I. I'd, I'd love for a reporter to ask ask Brad like, what's what's going on here? Yeah, and and I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll hear that at some point coming up. But I don't know. I mean, for me, I I do like when the Celtics play nine guys. I like when we keep the rotations fairly limited. I think that's probably going to have to change at this point because we really need to stop playing our guys Tatum, Brown, and Kemba forty minutes. Like, I do like the fact that Brad kind of limited Jalen Brown's minutes today. I mean, 34 minutes is still a good amount, but, you know, he is used to playing more than that. Uh, right. With that being said, I mean, the guys that we have, you know, I was kind of surprised again with Javante. Again, getting the start right. not too long ago, playing 20-plus minutes, and then, again, he's just another DNP. So I don't know if this is a – I don't know if this is a Brad issue. I don't know if this is a Danny issue. I, I don't know. I mean, what are what are your thoughts? I mean, do you think that it's it's worth just trying to shop some of these guys and getting a bigger star, or is it just is it not worth it? And just we should just let Brad do his thing. I I I think last season, and maybe even going back a couple seasons before that, I would have said. Yeah, just let Brad do his thing, but it's it's no secret in the last couple of weeks, like there's been some serious questioning about some of the things, some of the decisions that Brad's making for this team. And I'm not going to go as far as say like, oh, he's on the hot seat, but you just have to wonder like like what is going through his head some of the, some of the times when he's putting putting these guys out there. I agree. I mean, Javante Green, you know, get getting a start and playing. I thought he played really well. I mean, he, 
I think he's given us consistently good minutes throughout the entire season. And again, you don't, you, you can't, you can't play everybody. And but those times when you know, I think there's, I think I want to say for the first six minutes or so in the fourth quarter, we didn't see, see Jalen out there. And granted, T played really well, but that's a time when I would have really liked to see either Javante or Neesmith come in and, and give us some solid minutes off the bench, especially. You know, you know that they're fresh. They haven't played the entire game, and you know maybe you got the fear of them them being cold. But you have enough other scores on the floor at that point. You know, I think you know Tatum's lack of performance tonight maybe could have hindered that a little bit in terms of Brad's Brad's trust in terms of needing a you know if if Tatum was putting up a game where like going into the fourth quarter he's got twenty five points already put up. Okay, maybe it's a little bit of a different different scenario. But but I'm with you. I mean, I would have loved to see Neesmith. Would have loved to consistently start seeing. Javante Green, we, we, you know, we, we spent a lot of time talking about, you know, how different this season has been for the Celtics in terms of, you know, not, you know, a stretch where Tatum wasn't playing, a stretch where, you know, Brown wasn't playing, obviously, Kemba not being able to play back-to-backs, being without Smart for now over a month. Well, continuing to swap not only the starting lineup, but then inconsistently playing your role players, that's not helping whatsoever in terms of building any long-term consistency for this team. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's tough. It's tough to watch the rotation sometimes because you get attached to watching these guys play. And then the very next game, you just, you have no idea. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, honestly, we talked about some of the negatives. The other negative for me was just the play of Jason Tatum in general. And, like, you saw him at the end get, like, I don't know, two or three baskets in the fourth quarter that came at clutch points. But, like, five of 16, one of five from three, three turnovers, three of eight, three of our eight turnovers, two of which, again, were in the last 90 seconds, just overall did not play a Jason Tatum game. You know, I, I joke about it. I, I guess it's not really a joke, but, you know, you kind of blink and Jason Tatum has 20 points. And that's how I've felt for the majority of, you know, realistically the last two years. Right. And tonight just, you know, they talked about it on the broadcast too. Like he couldn't get anything going. Like he, even, he even had a missed dunk. So, I, <laughs> like, I just don't know. I think, I think shot – my thing is the shot selection too. It's like you're str- you're struggling to score points, and you're going to spend ten seconds dribbling the air out of the ball, and then you're going to take a fadeaway that you have no business taking. You know, maybe if you're maybe if you're having one of those nights where it's like, all right, this guy could drop forty tonight. Yeah, I'm a little bit more okay with him taking those fadeaway shots at that point. But I mean, you just go back to again going back to fundamental basketball. The fact that you if you're struggling to get points, you got to do one of two things. You got to either take care of the ball and, and build up the assist numbers to help your teammates out, or you got to drive the ball and find a way to get to the line. I mean, I, I think that aside from you know, aside from those two turnovers in the last ninety seconds and his shot selection, three. I mean, he's three or three from the line, which I, I think is is great. But looking at it from a percentage perspective. But three free throw attempts for the quote unquote best player on our team. Yeah. That's 
that's it's it's not efficient and it's not productive. And you know, I know the last you've heard me say this is a guy that should be getting the line anywhere from eight to ten times a night, and three's just three's just not going to do it. And again, five for sixteen is just the way the way that he got to the five for sixteen. I think is the concerning part for me. Yep, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I want to want to switch things up. So we've got one game left in the first half of the season. We've got the Raptors on Thursday, and I don't know if you're keeping up with this, but if you aren't, let me fill you in. The Raptors game that was supposed to be scheduled for today got rescheduled for tomorrow against the Pistons. They have a bunch of players out because of the COVID protocols. And those players are Pascal Siakam, Van Vliet, OG, OG Ananobi, Malaki Flynn, Patrick McCaw, as well as Nick Nurse, and five other members of the coaching staff. So they're not only going to be playing a back-to-back against us, but they're also going to be missing two, three starters, basically, uh, and their almost entire coaching staff. Yeah, if, if we can't turn this into the Grizzlies game <laughs> 2.0 against the Raptors G League team. Like, um, oh my God. Wait, like, if it did, this is like just, this is about as bad as it gets for a team being obliterated for this. Right, right. This this is one where you should be looking at a 20-point lead at halftime. And I don't want to see Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, or Kemba Walker on the floor in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Well, here's to hoping, right? So, like, my whole thing, when we came into this home stretch, we were down two. We were de- or we were two under 500. And my goal was to get to 500. If we were to go three and one, I would have been happy, right? Now, we've already won three of our four games. So this would be huge to get back into a into some sort of rhythm. We haven't had a winning streak in quite some time. In fact, that second that game that we won last where we won our first back-to-back since like January 20th or something along those lines. So seriously have struggled getting any sort of rhythm going and to have four going into the break and finally being able to breathe and having a little bit of rest for our stars is huge. And what that also does is gets us closer to a Marcus Smart and Romeo Langford return. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good after this. Yeah, I feel a lot better than I did uh, about a week and a half ago after that collapse against New Orleans. I feel a lot better now yep for sure so as of this second the celtics are in fourth place we have officially moved over the knicks so for everyone complaining they can put that to rest for a little bit uh i said it on the last podcast there were i want to say eight teams all with 17 losses and now there are two so everyone that had 17 pretty much lost besides the Raptors who just did not play. 
So the Celtics now have the lone spot in fourth place. And pending this game against the Raptors, it'll stay that way. Five games out of first, and there's a lot of basketball to play. So that's where we're going to wrap it up. Justin, appreciate you hopping on the podcast here, my man. Uh, if you haven't already, make sure to follow me on Twitter at NBA Celtics Guy. Uh, rate, review the podcast, written review. Really appreciate it. Uh, but other than that, have a good night, Celtics fans. Make sure to tune in again on Thursday against the Raptors. We will talk to you soon. I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic.